Welcome to the Prince College Podcast. We are so thankful that you've tuned in. Our hope with this podcast is that it teaches you more about who Jesus is, what he's done, and what that means for you. With that in mind, let's dive right in. Hope you enjoy. Hey, thank you guys again for being here. Really excited to dive in tonight. Like I said earlier, tonight we're talking all about how we are meant to pursue dating relationships, right? Last time we gathered, we talked about who? The type of person that you're meant to pursue. But once you find that man or woman of God, that person of character, that person with whom you have compatibility, that person with whom you connect, then you have to know how you're meant to pursue that relationship. And I'm really excited about diving into this portion because if you know anything about me, I'm a really practical guy and I like talking about practical things. And I really hope that tonight is going to be practical for you and helpful for you as you learn how to navigate dating relationships in your own life. And I'm also really excited because we have the opportunity to talk about how the Bible speaks to this. We talked about this a little bit last week or the last time that we gathered rather that the Bible does not address dating relationships explicitly. Okay, dating did not exist during the biblical time frame, but the Bible absolutely does have truths and have wisdom that speak to the way that we are meant to navigate dating relationships. And my hope for you, my desire with these nights is I just don't want to just teach you a bunch of random things. I don't even want to just teach you more about God. I want to teach you how to know God. I want to teach you how to apply the truths of these scriptures to your lives. And we get to see how we can do that through our dating relationships. And I'm excited about that. Now, I won't be able to speak to absolutely every situation that you will encounter in dating lives. I'm not that wise. I do not have that kind of capacity. I can't speak to every situation for every single one of you. But what I can do is give you some principles that will be helpful to you in navigating navigating dating relationships. I think about, think about it kind of like navigating an airplane. I don't know if you know much about navigating airplanes. My guess is most of you have not piloted an airplane. I haven't either, but I read about it. And what you see is that pilots are given a heading whenever they're headed in a specific direction. And a heading is essentially a direction that they're pointing the plane. So if they're flying from Atlanta to New York City, they're given a heading that's a few degrees to the northeast and they stick to that heading and they fly in that direction. And they may have to go around storms or wind patterns, but they're always returning to that heading. So it will get them to their intended destination. And if they deviate from that heading, even by just a few degrees, that a few degrees of deviation over miles can end them up in a very different destination. And that's what I want to help you avoid in dating relationships. I want to give you some principles that will serve as a heading for you, that will have you pointed in the right direction, that will have you pursuing relationships in the right way so that you will get to your intended destination. Because like we talked about last time, dating is not just a thing that we do just for, it's not an end in and of itself, right? That we don't just do it just to do it. We don't practice casual dating. We date for a purpose, that dating is a process of evaluation. And those of you who desire marriage. That means that you will move from this time period called singleness to this time period called marriage, and you will most likely do so through the journey that we call dating. And if that's going to be true for you, you need to learn how to navigate it well. So my hope for tonight is to provide you a heading, to provide you with four principles that will serve as a heading for you to point you in the right direction to get you to where you need to go. So we're going to work our way through these four principles. You guys ready for this? 
some solemn nods. That's great. Okay, you guys ready for this? We good? All right, awesome. There we go. Let's be a little excited, okay? Four principles for how to navigate dating relationships that we see from the wisdom of Scripture. All right, the first thing. It's going to be on the screens behind me. If you want to learn how to navigate dating relationships well, you first have to learn how to communicate clearly. You've got to learn how to communicate clearly. This is one of the most important things to me. I really hope that you understand the importance of this. I don't believe that the importance or the significance of clear communication can be overstated whenever it comes to our relationships, especially not our romantic relationships. I believe that we need to get better at this. I believe that if we were better at this, then the dating scene that we see all around us would look drastically different. Because as we look out at the dating scene around us, we see a lot of miscommunication. We see a lot of people who don't exactly know what to say. And hear me, that's not all your fault. That's not all my fault. That's not all our fault. A part of that is just the culture that we live in. Dating is a really weird season. Nobody seems to know the rules. Nobody seems to know what to say, how to say it. And so we don't really say what we mean and we don't really mean what we say. And so it ends up with people just ending up really, really confused. And what we see is that in dating, oftentimes there's feelings of stress, there's feelings of frustration, and there's feelings of anxiety whenever we begin to talk about dating relationships, that dating often brings up those emotions within us. And I'm here to tell you that I don't think that needs to be the case. I don't think this time period needs to be so stressful. I don't think it needs to be so frustrating. I think that this time period should be fun. I think this time period should be life-giving. It should be enjoyable for you to sit down over a good meal or to sit down over a good cup of Jittery Joe's coffee and get to know someone. All right, as you share stories, as you share your story, as you hear theirs, this should be a life-giving thing. It need not be stressful, but in order to eliminate the stress, we've got to learn how to communicate more clearly. And fortunately for us, the Bible has much to say about how we are to communicate with one another within the people of God. The Bible has so much to say about how we are to speak to one another. And as you look at the scriptures, as you look at these verses, what you see over and over again is that clear communication through the biblical lens is communicating with honesty and communicating with grace. That clear communication is communicating with truth, but also with kindness. We see this all over scripture. I'll read a couple for you tonight. Ephesians 4 is a good place for you to go. I'd encourage you to read that chapter later on your own. So much to say about how we are to interact with each other as the people of God. But a couple of highlights for you. Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.25 says, put away falsehood and speak the truth with your neighbor for we are members of one another. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up that which will give grace to all who hear. We see it in Colossians 4.6, let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt. We see it in the Old Testament as well through the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs has much to say about how we speak to one another. One of my favorites, Proverbs 24.26, whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. And what we see is that all those scriptures that I just read speak to a variety of different scenarios. But what they all show us is this overarching truth that the words that come out of our mouth should be honest, but they should also be gracious. 
And I think this is a truth that we need to learn in how we communicate in dating relationship. This is a line that we need to learn how to walk really well. Honesty, but also kindness. Truth, but also grace. But the reality is, a lot of times we tend towards one side of that line or the other, right? You've experienced this. Like, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. You're worried about what they may think. And under the guise of worrying about what they may think, you're trying to be too great. You're trying to be gracious. But in your desire to be gracious, you're not really being truthful. You're not being honest. Or... You don't care what people think and you don't care how they feel and you're a little too truthful and you say a little too much of what you mean without any regard of how it's going to be received by another individual. Both are wrong and both can be devastating to dating relationships. You need to learn how to speak the truth in love. So what's this look like? Let's get practical. Okay. What's this look like to speak the truth, to speak with grace, to communicate with clarity, to communicate clearly in relationships. We need to see this in every part of relationships. So what does it look like? It means even from the get-go and how you initiate dating conversations, you speak the truth. You're honest about how you feel and you do it in a way that is gracious. So that means guys, dudes in the room, whenever you're interested in a girl and you want to ask her out, it means that you're not vague and you don't send her some random text that says something lame like, hey, you want to hang sometime? Like, that's lame. That's vague. Okay? Vague is not what you're going for here. So, you put the phone down. Okay? Ladies, aside. Ladies, if a dude in our college ministry texts you and asks you out, you come find me and I'll take care of the issue. Okay? <laughs> it's not happening. Okay? So, you put the phone down. You grow a little courage. And you go up to her and you look her in the face, all right? You look her in the eyeballs and you tell her some version of, hey, I think that you're an awesome person. I've enjoyed the time that I've spent around you and I want to spend some more time around you. Would you like to go out with me sometime? Revolutionary. That's it. That's speaking the truth. That's being honest, but it's also being gracious. Hear me. It does not honor her to be vague. Ambiguity is not a character trait that you want to aspire towards. It honors her and it is gracious towards her. If you are honest from the get-go, you speak with clarity. And I understand that it's easier to send the text message. It's easier to be vague. But don't just choose the easy thing. Choose the right thing. Speak the truth with grace and be kind in your approach. Because whenever you do that, whenever you communicate with clarity, here's the deal. It honors her because it shows her exactly what you mean. And she knows exactly what to expect. And that's what you want. Ladies, it's the same for you. If a guy asks you that question, you communicate with clarity in return. And if you're interested, you just simply say yes. That's easy enough. And hear me, saying yes to date one is not committing to forever with the dude. And that's okay. Saying yes to date one is not even committing to date two. So it's okay to say yes. A cup of coffee is not premarital counseling. So like, let's just let the pressure off. It's okay. It's all right to say yes. But here's the deal. If you know that you're not interested in the guy, then don't say yes. Say no. And I understand that that's hard. But if a guy asks you on a date and you know that you're not interested, then be honest. Speak the truth with grace. 
Speak the truth with grace and tell them, hey, I really appreciate the fact that you asked. I know that that takes courage. I appreciate that you asked. It means a lot to me. But just so you know, I don't see a relationship like that forming between us. That's all you got to say. And again, I know that that's easier said than done because that can be awkward in the moment. And we want to tend on that side of grace and we want to tend on that side of kindness. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But let me tell you what, whenever you respond that way, it may sting in the moment for the guy, but it's going to hurt a whole lot more if you just pretend like you're into it and then just drop him several months later and you just lead him on. So you speak the truth in Grace, you be honest, you be clear from the get-go. You communicate with clarity. And I want to take a little bit of an aside here, because whenever I start talking about this, I actually got this question on Instagram this week of, is it okay for the girl to ask the guy out, right? Like where I just, my whole analogy there was a guy asking a girl out. So I got the question this week or last week, is it okay for the girl to initiate? We're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth. Actually, Taylor and Chandler, you remember this because in the follow-up episode, we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth. My short answer to that question is I think that that's okay. I really do. I think that it's fine. I don't think there's anything morally wrong about the girl initiating the conversation. Totally fine. But what I would tell you, ladies, is be careful with that. And the reason I would tell you to be careful is because if you're hanging around with a guy... And you're making it clear that you like him and that you would like to go on a date with him and he's not asking you out. That may reveal some things in him that you want to pay attention to. You understand that, right? That that may reveal some passivity in him. That may reveal some selfishness in him. Maybe he knows that you're interested and he just likes the attention but doesn't really want to date you. Like That's not what you want in a dating relationship. So what I would tell you in the short answer is, yes, I think it's okay if you ask a guy out because that may not be true. The dude may just be dumb and not pick it up on your clues and signals. He may just need a little kick in the pants by you asking him, and that's fine. But just pay attention to why you're having to ask him out. All right, but you communicate with clarity as well. Guys, I'm really, I'm really passionate about this one because... I remember shortly after college, I heard a pastor speak about this and I read his book about this, about the importance of clarity and how we pursue relationships. And it just revolutionized like every relationship in my life, but specifically how I pursue dating relationships. And I want that for you. And I'm I'm thankful that I learned that lesson because whenever it came time for me to ask Jillian out, a lot of clarity was needed. Some of you know the story of how Jillian and I began to date. I'll give you the very short synopsis of it for tonight's sake. Jillian and I both graduated from UGA with our undergrad and we both stayed. She was pursuing her master's. I was just working and we had a similar, we had a friend group that we always hung out with. And it was guys, uh, there was a group of guys that lived in my apartment, a group of girls that lived in her apartment. We hung out a lot. And during that course of time, one of my best friends in the world, Zach is his name, had a massive crush on Jillian. Okay. And for the better part of like six months, Zach was really trying to date Jillian and I was actively trying to help Zach date Jillian. So we'd plan things at our house and I'd make sure that Jillian Erickson was invited because I wanted Zach to be able to hang out with Jillian. I played the wingman to a T y'all. I was getting after it. I was going for it. I was being a good friend, but it became clear over a few months that Jillian wasn't interested. And Zach, they had a conversation about that. Totally fine. Friend groups kept hanging out. It was all well and good. Several months later, our friend groups are still hanging out and I'm still spending some time around Jillian. And I begin to see, hey, 
this girl's pretty awesome. <laughs> I really just begin to appreciate her even more. I see the woman of character that she is. I see the way that she serves. I see the way that she works. We had a couple of conversations where she like called me out on some things that I was doing wrong in my life. And I was like, hey, hold on, who are you? But then I was like, I, actually, I kind of appreciate that. I want more of that in my life, right? And so like, I, I really began to appreciate that in her. And so I started to have feelings for her. But I knew that that meant a lot of conversations needed to take place. And so I had several conversations with my friend, Zach, and I just told him straight up, like, hey, dude, this has never happened. We've never liked the same girl before, but I really want to ask Jillian out. Is that cool with you? We had three different conversations like that. He says yes all three times. He's a rock star. He's an incredible friend. All right. And so he says yes. He says yes. And so I remember uh, Jillian and I had a friend who was speaking at BCM one night. And I, um, shout out to BCM, that's awesome. Yeah, we had a friend who uh, was speaking at BCM, so we went to hear this friend speak, and after BCM was over, I just asked Jillian if she could talk for a little bit, and we went and sat at those Terry buildings right beside BCM, and I looked her in the face, in the eyeballs, and I told her, hey, Jillian, I think that you're an awesome girl, and I really want to spend more time with you. Would you consider going on a date with me? That's what I said to her. She looked me back in the face, and she said, what about Zach? That was her response. And it made me feel really small and it was fine. We had to talk about it. It was a reasonable question. We talked about those things and we began to date and we committed to clarity throughout the relationship. And it was really helpful for us because several more conversations had to be had with Zach and throughout the dating process with Jillian, I always wanted her to know where she stood with me. I wanted to communicate the truth with grace. I wanted to communicate that way to her. I always wanted her to know where she stood. I didn't want there to be any ambiguity. That's what you want in dating relationships. You don't need to play games with each other. Y'all quit playing games. Because here's the deal. If you're a follower of Jesus in this room, you're not meant to play games relationally. And I think we need to hear that tonight. If you're a follower of Jesus in this room, then you should not be playing games relationally with another human being. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, what you believe is this. You believe that you've been given a mission by God to take the gospel to all people. And to proclaim the beautiful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ until he calls you home or until he returns. That that mission has been given to you. And so that mission is far too great to be playing around with other people's emotions. And so whenever we're talking about dating, we're not just talking about something that's just fun for us in the moment. We're looking for a person to link up with that's going to help us in that mission. So we don't play games relationally. We communicate clearly. We're really honest with one another. We speak the truth in love. Number one for navigating relationships well is you've got to learn how to communicate clearly. I promise the next three will go faster. Okay. So that's number one, communicate clearly. Number two, that if you're going to pursue relationships or navigate relationships well, you've got to number two, pursue purity. You've got to pursue purity. And I understand that this is like everyone's least favorite topic to talk about. And you may be cringing on the inside a little bit as we talk about the importance of purity. But understand this, as followers of Jesus, we have to talk about this because we are absolutely called to purity in dating relationships. And to be really clear about what I mean, I am talking about sexual purity, that we're not meant to allow sexuality to be any part of the dating process. 
process. We're meant to evaluate the person that we're pursuing without sex being a part of the equation. We're meant to pursue purity. Let me give you three reasons why. Three quick reasons why. I think these are significant. So you can write these down. Number one, number one reason why we pursue purity is that purity is God's design. Purity is God's design. It's the way that he calls us to live, that we are called to be holy as he is holy. What that means is that we're called to be set apart. It means we're called to be different than the world around us. We're not called to participate in sexual immorality. We're called to pursue purity. We're called to pursue the things of righteousness and the things of holiness, not the things of sin. And regardless of what the world around you tells you, sexuality, apart from the context of marriage, is immorality. It is sin, and you need to fight against that. You need to pursue purity. The Bible talks about this so much. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 5, it says, For this is the will of God. Whenever you see that in Scripture, it's significant. This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and in honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. This is the way that God has called us to live. He's called us to pursue purity. So we pursue purity because purity is God's design. And the second reason is because purity helps you process. Purity helps you process. This is one of those things where science is actually catching up with scripture a little bit. You understand that like scripture has said for ages that sexual purity is what we need to be striving for. We need to be striving for purity and the world has bucked against that saying things like, no, we need to do whatever we want. We need to make sure that we fit physically if we're going to link up for life. But studies are beginning to show that that's actually not true. I read a study this week, and I have no reason to believe that it was a Christian study at all. It was just a scientific study that I was reading online. It was a survey of over 2,000 married couples. I'm not going to bore you with the statistics, but it just talked about this, that couples who wait until marriage to have sex report higher relationship satisfaction, better communication patterns, less consideration of divorce, and better sexual quality than those who started having sex early in their dating. That's significant. That's really stinking significant. And I want that for you. It talks about how sexual involvement may lead to unhealthy emotional entanglements that make ending a bad relationship really difficult. Simply put, sexuality will cloud your judgment. It will cloud your judgment and purity will help you process. It helps you find out if this is a person of character, if this is a person with whom you're compatible, if this is a person with whom you connect and that's what you want. So purity helps you process. The third reason that we pursue purity is that purity displays honor. It displays honor to the individual that you are dating Because here's the deal, we've created in this season of dating, we've in our minds created this idea that dating comes with its own set of um, responsibilities and like freedoms. That means that we've created in our minds this idea that if we're dating, that means I get access to your body in a way that I didn't get prior. And I'm just telling you, scripture has no record of a relationship like that. Scripture does not recognize a relationship like that. We've talked about this before, that within the biblical narrative, within the biblical paradigm, what we see is that apart from man and wife, that men and women who are followers of Jesus are meant to treat each other like brothers and sisters in Christ. There is no middle ground. 
1 Timothy 5 talks about this idea. This is Paul encouraging his apprentice, Timothy. He says, don't rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers. And here it is, younger women as sisters in all purity. We are meant to pursue purity. And whenever we do, it communicates honor to the individual that we are pursuing because it's us saying, hey, I understand that you are a child of the king and I have no access to your body apart from the covenant of marriage. And even if I think marriage is in our future, that is not certain until our wedding day. And so for now, I will pursue purity in a way by which of honoring you. That's what I want you, that's what I want for you. And guys, I'm gonna speak to you directly here, gentlemen in the room. I think this is an area where a lot of us have failed. We have not led well. I want more for you than that. I want you to fight for purity really hard in your own personal life because you can never hope to lead a relationship in purity if you're not fighting for it personally. So you fight for it. You fight for it personally because the girl that you end up dating, you want to honor her and the way you pursue her with purity. This matters. And ladies in the room, I'm not saying that you're free from all responsibility. I'm not saying that it's all the guy's job. But I am saying, I don't want you to end up with a guy that you're like always having to tell no. I don't want that for you. That if there's a guy who's pursuing you physically with like um, outside of the context of marriage, he does not have your best interest at heart. Regardless of what he may tell you, if he's pursuing you physically outside of the context of marriage, he does not have your best interest at heart. He's only pursuing his own selfish desires. And I want more for you than that. I want you to pursue purity. And I want to, I want to speak to this for just a second, because I can almost like feel the tension in the room. Like, I'm not naive, y'all. I know that there are several of us in the room who have made mistakes whenever it comes to purity. I know that. And I'm not up here telling you that if you've made mistakes and you're too far gone, you may be hearing me talk about this and you may be thinking about failures that you've had in your past personally or in relationships. And you may be thinking, well, what does this mean for me? I want you to hear me say this. You are not defined by your past mistakes. You're not defined by your past mistakes. The beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we are forgiven of our past mistakes and invited to live a new future. And that's really stinking good news. And I want you to hear me say that tonight. So if you've made mistakes in your past, whenever it comes to purity, that does not mean that you cannot pursue purity in your present. And that's what I want for you, that through the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can move past your past mistakes and move forward into a better future with your king. You are not too far gone, regardless of what anyone may have told you. You're not broken. You're not beyond repair. Jesus's grace is sufficient for you. You can receive his grace and move forward into something new. That's what I want for you. These are the reasons that purity is important. So if you want to know how you're meant to pursue purity, two really quick things, and we got to move on to the next point. How you pursue purity, one, you pursue purity personally. You pursue purity personally. I alluded to this just a moment ago, that you can never hope to lead a relationship in purity if you're not fighting for purity personally. You can't. So you fight for it in your own life. Psalm 119.9 talks about how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word. 
by guarding it according to your word. So you fight with intimacy. What I want you to see from that scripture is that intimacy with God and purity go hand in hand. That if you want more purity in your life, then you fight for intimacy with Jesus. You spend time in his word. You spend time in his presence being molded and shaped into the man or the woman that he is calling you to be. And you fight for purity personally. And then as you do that, you set boundaries collectively. You set boundaries collectively. You sit down with the person you're dating and you have a conversation about this. The Bible tells us not to make any provision for the flesh. And so you talk about the situations that will be tempting for you, that will make you think lustful things or make you want to act in a lustful way. You talk about those things and you set up boundaries in your relationship that will keep you from those moments. We need this in our lives. It requires honest conversation, but communicate well and talk about the boundaries that you need to make. For Jillian and myself, I remember whenever we started to get serious in dating, I was talking to a really good friend of mine who's a mentor, and he was talking to me about this idea. He told me, Adam, here's the deal. You need to remember that you need to set boundaries out of love and not out of fear. That you set boundaries out of love and not out of fear. And what he meant by that was this, that if we set boundaries to keep us pure based on our fear of messing up, then there's going to come a day where the fear is not enough anymore and we're not scared anymore. And so the fear is not going to hold us back. But if we set boundaries for our purity based on a love for God and a desire to honor him and a desire to honor the one that we're in relationship with, those are the boundaries that'll stand. So that's what I want for you. You pursue purity personally and you set boundaries collectively. The third principle for navigating dating relationships is that you've got to learn how to consult community. Consult community. If we truly believe that dating is a process of evaluation, that we're trying to decide if this is a person that we want to link our lives to for the rest of our lives, that we want to marry this person, if we believe that that's what dating is for, then we need to invite more voices into that evaluation. We need to invite more voices into that conversation. The mistake that we see many people make in dating is that they love to date in isolation. You've probably seen this in your friend groups, right? Like somebody starts dating someone and they just disappear from community altogether. And they're just hanging out with that person exclusively. They're not hanging out with you anymore. They're not spending time in community anymore. And I want you to hear me say, if that's you, you're setting yourself up for failure. The Bible talks a lot about seeking wise counsel and letting those who are wise speak into your life. Proverbs talks about this a great deal. In eleven fourteen. it says, where there's no guidance, a people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 24, 6, for by wise guidance, you can wage war in an abundance of counselors. There is victory. This is what you want. You want victory in your relationships. You want safety. You want wisdom. But to get those things, you've got to be willing to consult community. But hear me, I'm not saying that you need the voice of every single person in your life. Like, I love this, right? Like you've probably experienced this too. Like if you start dating someone, it's like everyone around you 
becomes relationship experts, right? Regardless of whether or not they've dated anyone in their entire life. If you're dating someone, they've got an opinion and you best believe they're going to share it with you. Like I experienced that a lot in my life. I'm sure you've experienced it as well. I'm not telling you that you need to listen to each and every person that has an opinion. The way I've worded it is this, and I thought this was helpful. It's going to be on the screens behind me. You don't have to trust everyone's opinion, but you do want the opinion of everyone you trust. You don't have to trust everyone's opinion, but you do want the opinion of everyone that you trust, that those who you really trust, those who are in your inner circle, those who know you really well, you invite them into your circle. You invite them to have conversation with you. You spend time with the person that you're dating around those people and you let them speak into your dating relationship. So for me, I remember, you know, I'm a guy who has a lot of friends, but I have a few close people in my life that are just closer than brothers, honestly. And so it was really important for me whenever I started dating Jillian, that Jillian and I spend some time around those people together. And so we made a concentrated effort to make that happen. I have a friend of mine who's a mentor who has some small kids and it was hard for us to spend time with them. So we volunteered to go to their house and make dinner with them, with the kids running around like crazy because it was that important for me to spend time with this couple alongside Jillian because I wanted this couple to see the way that Jillian and I related together and to be able to speak into that. I have friends who are really close to me who do not live in Athens, so we would make trips to go have dinner with those people because it's the same thing. I wanted them to be able to speak into our relationship. And over and over, what I heard is, Adam, this is good. Adam, this seems different. Adam, she seems special. It seems unique. What was happening was I was getting the praise of community, my community, whenever it came to our relationship. I was accepting wise guidance. It's the same for Jillian. Jillian and I are both people who care deeply about our families. And Jillian specifically really wanted to see how I connected with her family. So we made the effort to go spend time with her family. And so I went water skiing with her family, even though I've never been water skiing. And I made a fool out of myself because Jillian's like going on the water like she's a stinking professional. And I'm like flopping everywhere. It was terrible, right? I went to hockey games, even though I know nothing about hockey. I tried to learn how to play golf and I'm still trying to learn how to play golf. It's hard. It's a really difficult game, but I do it because I want to connect with her family. And what we saw is that I connected with her family really, really well. So much so that whenever it came time for me to ask Jillian to marry me, that came with her family's blessing because I connected with them really, really well. That's what I want for you. You invite your community into this evaluation. You invite their input, positive and negative. You listen to wise counsel. That's a biblical way of thinking. And the last principle for navigating relationships effectively, navigating dating relationships is that number four, you need to learn how to process patiently. You need to learn how to process patiently. Proverbs 21.5 says that the plans of the diligent will surely lead to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Listen, hasty decisions are often costly decisions. I don't want you to be hasty whenever it comes to dating relationships. Don't rush. Take the proper time to truly evaluate. Be diligent in your dating relationships. But diligence will require patience. Diligence will require patience. So don't be the people who just dive headfirst into the dating relationships. You've probably seen this one before too, that a couple starts dating and if they're a Christian couple, it's like all of a sudden they've got to do everything together. 
They've got to go to the same church services. They've got to volunteer in the same ministries. They've got to read the same things in their Bible so they can talk about it over lunch. They've got to stay in the same communication throughout the day. They've got to see each other at least twice a day. If you're not texting me, you better be Snapchatting me. There's all these rules, right? And we jump in head first. And hear me, the desire to connect your life with another is a really good desire. The desire to draw close and link your life to another is good. But be patient. Slow down long enough to truly evaluate because if you move too quickly, you're going to be setting yourself up for a lot of pain. So take your time to evaluate. Take time to pray through these relationships. Philippians 4 talks about not to be anxious in anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Take the time to truly commune with God and pray to him and ask him for guidance. Ask him for wisdom. Take the time to truly evaluate the person's character. We talked about this last time, that true character is not seen in a moment. It takes time to truly evaluate. First Timothy 5 talks about this. That the sins are, of some people are conspicuous, going before them to judgment. But the sins of others appear later. That text is saying is that some people's sins are apparent in a moment, but some people's sins, it takes a while to see. True character is not experienced in a moment. It takes time to see. So patiently process these things. Process these things with patience. And I understand that this is much easier said than done. That whenever you get into dating relationships, the emotions start running high and it's really exciting and it's a fun time and that's good. But I'm telling you, don't be ruled by your emotions. Be willing to take a step back and to process this patiently. Don't jump in too quickly before taking the proper time to evaluate. If we believe that this is a process of evaluation to determine whether or not we're going to marry this person, then this is a decision that's worth processing patiently because this is a really significant decision in your life. So there you have it. This is your heading. Band, you guys can go ahead and come back up. But this is your heading. This is what I want for you. You communicate clearly. You pursue purity. You consult community and you process patiently. And as you date, there are going to be situations that come up. There's going to be situations that are difficult. There's going to be situations that you need specific knowledge and specific wisdom to know how to navigate. But if you stick to this heading, it's going to be helpful in getting you into your intended destination. I want this for you. I want you to enjoy this season of dating. I don't want it to be stressful. I don't want it to be accompanied by anxiety or frustration. I want it to be life giving to you. I want you to pursue relationships in a way that honors the Lord and is a blessing to those around you. Not just the people that you date, but the people who watch the way that you date. Because here's the deal. We as the people of God, we are meant to do everything, everything to the glory of God. And that absolutely includes the way that we pursue dating relationships. So let's be a community that commits to pursuing relationships in a way that is honoring to the Lord and a blessing to those around us. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for this time. I'm really thankful for these moments that we get to share. I'm really thankful that your word speaks to all aspects of our lives, that you give us wisdom to know how to navigate each and every moment. So God, I just pray that we would be a people that pursue relationships in a way that honors you 
and blesses those that are around us. We thank you for these moments. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Prince College Podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, you can check us out online at www.pabc.org backslash college, or you can follow us on social media at at prince.college. We'll see you next time.